Welcome back to Chatting at the Sea. We've got a great episode for you today with Menton, English teacher here at Central High School. Before we get into that, we want to thank our sponsor, the Central High Foundation. We are recording this current podcast from the Omaha Central Library. Put together $44 million addition to the building done with your dollars, with donor dollars. We appreciate you guys donating to Central High School and to the students of Central High School. Thinking ahead, looking ahead for Central Foundation events that are coming up on October 20th, we are going to have the Hall of Fame induction. We have several amazing Central High alumni and former staff being inducted into the Hall of Fame. So go to chsfomaha.org to learn more about that event. Let's get into today's episode. Alrighty, we are back again for another episode of Chatting at the Sea. I have Mrs. Tracy Menton with me. Oh, wait, me. we're going to stop. It's just Menton. No title. No title. Tracy Menton. Just Tracy Menton or just Menton? It's just, well, the kids call me Menton. Even better. You can call me Tracy Menton because, you know. I like Menton, though. I'm a big Menton last is, name guy. Yeah, I do not like the honorific. That There's like some, that's a long story. Yeah. Now they just call us. Now you probably hate when you be, you're called Ms. Yeah, it's a thing. Mr. That's Kane, probably more frustrating. If you ever see Mr. Kenny, he'll go, Miss, and I'll be, and you, if you hear me say, <laughs> shut up to him, that's why, because he's um, giving me a hard time because we've had some issues. Great start telling admins to shut up. I mean, what an episode. You know, we, we just want to get me just, you know, right out of the gate. Let's get all of it out of the way. That, that's a great start. We can edit everything out, right? Right. So we're lucky to be here in the alumni donated library, this great space. We are in the maker right. space, but still to be in this area surrounded by the books and yeah, the knowledge. Uh, yeah, this is my favorite place in the building. Especially to look out those windows. I love, I was just doing that before to just gaze upon the the view I know. and it feels like a college library and when you bring kids down here yes. sometimes they'll comment on that too what well, makes it special so that brings mm -hmm. me into my first question what makes central such a special place i mean besides you that's tough i know it's a good start make sure you edit that out um <laughs> i mean i think it's like I, I think it's just the culture of you know i mean some of the traditional stuff i think carries some things forward but i do think that it's just we have a really good student population they're really fun to work with they may come into work enjoyable you know i often say oh i'm so lucky because i say i'm going to school yeah instead of i'm going to work totally and so you know that for me is like a big indicator of why this place is like so amazing i feel really lucky to be a teacher here at this school yeah and especially as our student body keeps changing it's such a great opportunity to just meet so many awesome kids from so yeah. many backgrounds and I've taught from like what I call the Uber nerds, like the really high level, yeah, um, all the way to like, you know, I've taught EL sheltered classes, I've taught co-taught classes, I've taught all of the, you know, so and I have enjoyed all of them. I it, for different reasons, but yeah. I would say equally, like you know, I love teaching all of those kids. Yeah, and there's so much to take in that. That's just so. It's such an interesting thing. And if you're a teacher and you want to start, like. This is a great starting point. So many great teachers have moved up and moved on to other buildings, sadly, but 
that great background here, I think has really propelled a lot of people to be successful too. Absolutely. So really, really been huge. One thing you've said to me during staff meetings that in high school and through college, you're mainly an introvert. Explain how you personally grew and changed then into the role of being a teacher who probably wouldn't normally be described as an introvert. Yeah, I think part of that is that when I was trying to decide if I wanted to be a teacher or not, I was a shy introvert. Yeah. So I'm still introverted. So like the fact that I'm actually having this conversation after school is kind of a miracle. You caught me on a good day. Yeah. Usually school ends and I kind of deflate like a balloon. Um, introverted people get their energy, you know, from alone time. Like they don't really, they yeah. like to think and they like to read and they like to watch TV and, you know, walk their dogs or do whatever. They just need time to be away from other people. I think for me, getting over shyness was hard. Um, but the first time I ever taught a lesson, like with kids in a classroom, I just dis- like I disappeared. Meaning, like I was in like some sort of pocket dimension, and yeah. I lost <laughs> track of time. And it's like my magic place. So, like for Love me, it. teaching is just I'm I am tired at the end of the day, but in a good way. Yeah. So I, it really did just took me outgrowing my shyness, though. Yeah, and everybody needs that space. I I'm the same way in the mornings, even though I'm probably considered an extrovert. I love my quiet time. I, the walking the dogs in silence and just yep. yeah, loving that time is just a huge thing. Yeah, and I, um, I'm, I always say I'm a morning person, but the truth of the matter is, is I need two hours before I can interact with other people. Yeah, very cool. Very interesting. Well, you've had all these diverse experiences in all these different classrooms and stuff like that. You and I both would say we're probably not the traditional style of teacher. <laughs> no. So talk about how you're probably a non-traditional teacher here in a very traditional high school. Well, first of all, I don't consider myself an English teacher, even though I'm labeled an English teacher. So I like to say that, like, I think high school teachers tend to be, like, really content focused. Mm -hmm. And I'm really focused on teaching, like, critical thinking skills. I do like teaching writing. um, And I, I think reading, I love reading, but teaching reading, that's a different animal. But I think that I'm non-traditional. I'm... I like to think outside the box. I think everything is connected. Yeah. So even though I'm in an English, like, I'm like certified as an English teacher, you might walk in and see me like, like working with kids on science or, I mean, I've even had kids say like, why are we doing math in here? This is English. But like they were calculating things for like a ethnographic like study that they had done that they they were like turning into a research paper. So yeah, I think just the idea that content is so timed. Yeah. Oh, and it's so it's, it's so, so married structured. to time. Mm-hmm. Meaning that, like, by the time they get out of high school and go to college or do whatever they're gonna do, whatever I've taught them is already outdated. Yeah, totally. So they need to know how to think. Wow, that's powerful. That's huge. I hope so. It's really interesting because I was working every when you probably first in your undergrad, you do that teaching philosophy. Everybody has the why do you teach? What's your reasoning? And, and part of mine, I was working on today for some grad school stuff. Very similar. My first opening thing, my four principles, one of the first ones was making an environment that's safe where kids can grow and learn. Right. Nothing with history, nothing with English, but supporting them to success. Yeah, I just want them to be good. I want them to be confident and good thinkers because ultimately my biggest interest is producing, like when I say a student graduates from Central High School, I want to be able to say that we've produced like a citizen who's willing to like go out and participate in a mindful way, be productive, whatever that looks like for them, and maybe, you know, contribute. Yeah. In a way that's like not selfish, and and I think often high school kids are way less selfish than 
like what people think they are. They're very giving. Yeah. Oh, and they're willing to sacrifice for really if you build that relationship. Oh yeah. That's a huge thing. They'll they'll Yeah, they're for they're really I think they're very community minded once they have a level of like understanding of how that works and what that looks like and when it's reciprocated because some of them come from backgrounds where they've never had that reciprocation. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so that's kind of important to model too. Yeah. Well, speaking of community, recently one of your good friends, Mr. John Flanagan, has ascended in roles. He is now the department head of he is. English study, if you will. How excited are you He's to have... He's my puppet, really, is where Oh, yeah. Is. No, <laughs> this is, this is a godfather I'm super thing. <laughs> excited because, one, you know, I've always made the joke that he's kind of like my like brother, yeah. teacher, right? Totally. Like we you know, used to have classrooms where we could literally see each other while teaching if we left the doors open. So it's been fun to, you know, shake angry fists at each other over the years. And, Love it. You know, um, but, he, you know, he he's, um, he's a really good department head in that, I think, or he's going to be, you know, he's still getting his feet. Still, he's a young pup. He's yeah. still, you know, but he, <laughs> he's very level-headed and he's very fair-minded, but he also was very passionate about teaching English. Yeah. He's the best teacher of teaching lit analysis that I've ever like worked with. Yeah. And I've been teaching for 20 plus years. I've even talked to Tim Herbert who recently left us here at Central High, but he talked about he just knows how to break it down. Oh, he, and that's yeah. that's a mind. You you can you can know all the the sonnets and old stories and things like that, but that's skill to break things down and relate it to kids. And he can even take a modern text and like understand like how I mean, he teaches this great piece it to get like kids invested but also then talk about these really like important literary devices yeah he's amazing at it i love it that's crazy well we were speaking not long ago you of course do love to read last year according to your social media you read forty-seven thousand three hundred ninety-three pages totaling to 154 books so how is your love of reading influence and you being an english teacher so i can't not remember to use terrible strict titles but no but i i mean i am i mean i i am a teacher of you know the english um one of the librarians i can't remember which one said that i should just have the job of being reading ambassador Love it. i think kavetsky is kind of the same way i do a lot of like free reading time in my class like i encourage <laughs> kids there's no assignment attached to it literally the only thing you have to do is leave your phone alone for however much time we're doing it and then it is read and it's really fun to watch kids like re-engage with their love of reading I think about all the things that I've learned because I don't read just fiction. I mean, yeah. I read a lot of nonfiction and I read, um, you know, in all different kinds of, I love science and I love history and I love sociology, psychology. I, you know, so I like, you know, I've run the gamut. And yeah. so I encourage kids, like I'm doing the research writing class again and I encourage them when we came down to check out books the first week of school to pick something that was nonfiction yeah. so they could kind of get a feel for what they're going to be doing, like in terms of research-based writing. I think it just modeling for kids what it is to have a love of reading of all different kinds, is, I think is a really a great way to produce what we were going back to earlier saying about critical thinkers or people who are mindful of what's happening. And mm-hmm. it is kind of funny when, you know, you realize that kids actually do like to read. Yeah. And they even- just don't like necessarily the books that they're being assigned. True. You have those students who, and we all have had those students where they love reading so much. It's almost like, hey, let's, let's. Oh, it breaks assigned. my heart. But it's great though. You think of all of the students who are missing out on those great opportunities to escape into this other world and experience these. I mean, you really, you do. If you, you really enjoy reading, which I'm not a great reader, but 
you are in this different world and you can take a step away from yep. all the chaos and focus on this one thing. We talk about mindfulness. That's a huge piece of that. Absolutely. And I think that's what's really critical. One of my students literally said just the other day, I'm going to keep using literally because John Flanagan hates when I do that. Yeah. He'll um, be listening. And, and he'll be listening for sure. But I think they literally said like, I want, I read to escape. So is it okay if I don't read? I think it was one of the kids in the research writing class. Can yeah. I just read fiction? Because I, yeah, yeah. If you need to take... Ten, they read for 10 minutes and sometimes I'm like oh my god I can't believe I have to stop the timer because 10 they, minutes that's so quick yeah it's fast but they, some of the kids that are younger in other classes can't read for 10 minutes straight mm-hmm. but we work on building stamina so but I think that's really important to have a little escape you know especially I mean especially in the world today we talk about the turmoil and the queen just died huge deal oh, yeah We'll take a quick break real quick to give some shout outs that are going on around Eagle Nation. Our first shout out goes to Caleb St. Cyr. Caleb is playing at Briarcliff University for baseball. Recently, Caleb had the honor, nay, the privilege to play at the Field of Dreams field in Dyersville, Iowa with the Briarcliff Chargers. Great job to Caleb. Very exciting to see um, what he's doing there. We go to next, our next shout out goes to the CHS Singers who recently were able to do a Zoom call with composer Tracy Wong in her piece, Syncap Siaga. Very great to see some Eagles working with some amazing people doing great things outside of Central High as well. Our next shout out is gonna go out to Mr. Jordan Boyer on Constitution Day here in Central High School. Jordan took his class out to do chalk drawings of the different amendments of the Constitution. Great job to Jordan Boyer in celebrating the Constitution and doing it in a very exciting way in making the campus beautiful. Let's get back to our episode with Tracy Menton. So, You've taught a huge variety of classes, like we said before, from from IB, English language learners, to now this uh, pre-theory of knowledge class you're talking about. So what is this huge, diverse, teaching so many different styles of students in so many different classes? How has that impacted your teaching across the board or as as an educator? I think the easiest way to answer that is that I teach everything. Because I kind of approach everything the same way, almost everything I teach is like teaching a theory of knowledge class. Okay. So when I was teaching theory of knowledge, really I felt like I was just amping up what I had already been doing in English classes for a long time. Mm -hmm. And now I'm kind of reverse engineering that process. Like in my English classes, I really am a research nerd. So I really like to teach kids like how to find like reliable sources and how to like think about those source materials. And just because an adult tells you something is like, the only way to get a real... I always tell kids to use Wikipedia, and they get confused. Some middle school teacher rolls over in their grade. You know, grade. and I'm just like, look, you can't use it this way, but here's how you use it. And yeah. I teach them, like, how to use the links at the bottom. Just all those kind of things. So I think, it's again, it's just focusing on not being married to a content area and just thinking about... Now, I've had to stretch myself not thinking about the content, but, you know, when you're teaching EL sheltered kids who, and you have varied languages in the room, it's not like I can just be like, I'm just going to get a Spanish version of this because you might have some Spanish speakers in there, but you probably have a bunch of other kids too. So I've had to think about like 
um, like I call it task analysis. I think we now call it gradual lease release of instruction, yep. mm-hmm. but, um, you know, how to do that a little bit differently. And, you know, like, um, I have some readers this year who are struggling a little bit. And so I was talking to John today about, um, his reading, he's teaching the reading class. And so just some things that he uses in there to help me. So I just think it's like just being willing and open-minded, like keep, keep learning. Yeah. And, and especially we talk about lifelong learners. Teachers should always be that. I mean, you look at where you started versus now or in the yeah. middle. It's And see, this is where you and I like to, I am a lifelong unlearner. Oh, okay. I think I'm like Yoda. Like I, Yoda says you must unlearn, right? My whole speech at Grinnell was based on, uh, on that quote. So it is that it's, the idea is that you get to a certain point in life and you just you need to unlearn. You have all yeah. these biases. You have all of these things you think you know. A thousand you gotta, percent. You got to unlearn it. Especially as a teacher, you really have to unlearn. I had a oh, UN, God, yeah. UNO student email or interview me last week. Big deal. But asking me about, hey, like your beginning of your career, your middle of career, where you are now, like talking about those things. And we talk about bias. We talk about unlearning. Huge right. Huge part of it. Because if you, if you, as a teacher, if you're always like, well, this is the way it's always been done. And kids used to be. And it's like kids are not built that way anymore. Yeah. You know, and the, we have to like, as a grown person, you know, and I'm like significantly grown, meaning I'm old, but it, you know, you have to like, you said it, not me. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> um, uh, you have to be able to, to roll with it. You got to change. Mm-hmm. You have to change too, yeah. you know, which is harder when you're, you know, of a certain age, like, yeah. you know, but I think you, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I am not afraid of technology. I mean, I am not afraid of a lot. I'm not afraid of thinking differently. Yeah. But I might be an outlier. I've been told once or twice, maybe. That's okay. That's great. Yeah. Well, you mentioned Yoda. So are you ready for the surprise? Oh, yes, I am. We've been waiting for this episode. for. I know. We were, we were going to do it in June, and then you and I both got COVID, and then I had a baby, and then yeah. we're in block scheduling craziness. So this is the Chatting at the Sea Star Wars trivia segment. Oh my God! I hope I don't bomb because this would be embarrassing. That's okay. Given that I'm actually wearing a Star Wars shirt <laughs> right was, now, it's so perfect that <laughs> I know it just worked out. I know. If you bomb, we'll just edit out the bomb question. Please right? do. Okay. It's perfect. All right. It'll be just All fine. Right. Okay. The first question. This is a bunny. What do they call the invisible power that binds the galaxy together? Hmm, I think it might be on my shirt, but I might check. Force. The force. That's All great. Right, good. That's great. Okay, now here, you mentioned Yoda. You're talking about how Yoda said you need to unlearn mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Where was Yoda's home? What planet? Dagobah. Dagobah. Great start, great start. See, I told you, you're going to do just fine for these. I'm getting nervous. They'll get more difficult. It's okay. Okay. Who built C-3PO? Anakin. Anakin Skywalker. Great. See, totally. I knew you were going to crush these. Those we'll see. I, they're still, I mean, okay. What type of armor does Boba Fett wear despite him not being this species? Uh, Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Very good. Because he takes off his helmet all the time. I know. That's not the way. Here's a tough one. <laughs> Which arm did Anakin lose to Count Dooku? Wait, I'll give say you that again? Which arm or oh. hand did Anakin lose to Count Dooku? Hint, it's either left or the right. <laughs> uh, his right. It is his right. Great job. See, that was a He's right-handed, was so he one. would be holding his saber and so... They're all right-handed? I didn't know that. They're not all right-handed. He is right-handed. He is. See, I told you to do well on this one. Here you go. Here's a tough one, and you should get this one. Who was the famous musician who became a kidnapper on the new Obi-Wan series? Wait, he became a kidnapper. Oh, my gosh. Now, see, this is a music question. If I fail this, John, John Flanagan, he's going to come for me. This is a very, like, specific oh my person. God. Hint, 
they invented a style of playing the bass. My brain is blank right now because now I'm panicked because I know that Flanagan's going to be mad that I don't know the answer to this. It's, he's, a, he's named after a type of bug that makes you itchy. Flea. Flea. Flea from okay. the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, okay, now, okay. I remember. Yes, that's right. Okay. On it. No free ads, though. Disney Plus has not sponsored this episode. We are sponsored by the Central High Foundation. Just so those know. Okay. Now, how was Jabba the Hutt assassinated? By what weapon? Okay. Are you are you for real right now? I'm for real. <laughs> See, it's easy. I told you it'd be easy. Leia, the chain. The chain around the neck. Yeah. Very good. What were Obi-Wan's final words to Anakin before he left him to, quote-unquote, die? Wait, this is, say that one more time. What is Obi-Wan's final words oh. to Anakin before he left him to die? This is the emotional part. This is where... Right, where he says, like, I loved you, you were my brother. Yeah. You were the chosen one. You're the chosen one. I know, and then he picks up his lightsaber. You were supposed and to destroy Anakin the Sith, says, not join them. Right. And then great. he's like, I hate you! Yeah. Are there marshmallows involved in this? It feels like it should be. Yeah. You can smell roasting marshmallows. Right. You did great. That was our, our first chatting at the Sea Trivia Contest. See? Told you to do great. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank I was you. never concerned, never concerned. Let's let's get into our second to the last question. You're a huge advocate for a student. You're a huge advocate for students um, here at Central High. Those that are looking to support all students at Central High School, what resources or groups should they seek out? Okay, this is, like, I don't want to overwhelm. I mean, I think, right, Donna Hill is a great resource. Like, we have a social worker. We need, like, four more of her. Oh, she she's is, a beast, yeah. But I remember I was here the year, I was here one year before we had a social worker. Okay. And it was when she said to me, you know, once you hand something over to me, you can let go of it. That made my heart, like, so much lighter because I do worry about kids, you know, and I can't fix yeah. everything. I think the counseling department, obviously, they're so good. We have so many good counselors in this school. I think also just knowing, like, find a club. You know, I think those are good places. Like, kids think, like, oh, I don't want to be a joiner sometimes. But you're going to find your people in those spaces. Yeah. Find you know? your tribe and get dirty with them. That's from a book I write, read to my son. Perfect, because I think that's true. Is yeah. like you got to find the thing that because you're going to find support a support network there, you know. And that's one of the things going back to the opening round question of what's great about Central is there's like a club for everybody. And if there's not, there's a good chance that you can find somebody to sponsor it. I mean, yeah. you know, we didn't have a D and D club last year, and I hear we have a heck of a one now. Yeah. So one of my students I'm, was the main one starting that. It's always fun to talk to him about that. They're so excited about it's that. It's just amazing, you know. Like, and we've had things come in and out. And John Flanagan used to sponsor the Harry Potter club. I'm just saying that, you know, sometimes you have, I think uh, Casey Denton was once a sponsor of the Brony Club. So yeah. I'm not sure those clubs uh, deserve to come back or want to come back, but maybe, you know, who could say? And they're great things where these are interests. Once you leave Central High or you go to the next level or whatever that looks yep. like, some of these things you can use those skills like uh, uh, cool. Brennan Smith has that Beats Club, the yep. Eagle Beats Club. I mean, learning to DJ, I mean, you could do that right out of high school. You could be DJing weddings. Exactly. And I think it's like, and those kids love that club. And I just think that there's a lot that is, um, there's an importance in joining an extracurricular because it is extracurricular. Yeah. You know, it makes school important in a different way. It's always like people talking about how sports, you know, sports are important because it keeps kids, kids in school. Yeah. So do these other things too. Oh, I agree. 10,000. That's phenomenal. Well, my last and final question for you, what is your message to the, the, alumni, the families, the students of Central High School out there listening and 
eating up every word we're saying right now. <laughs> you mean they're still listening? Of this, course. This far, this far along? Only 21 minutes in without any ads or transitions. Right, or right, right. <laughs> I, you know, I think the thing about this school is that it, I always tell kids, like, if you tell people that you're either a student, alum, teacher of Central, it's like currency out there. Meaning yeah. it's like a huge wide net in the community. I know when I was the cast coordinator, you know, I lean very heavily on like alumni family and, you know, mm -hmm. just other people like alumni who had graduated. I mean, even this is really sweet, but I had like during the pandemic when we were like at home at home mm -hmm. yeah. and we, um, I had a family that was bringing me like the, the daughter who was my former student, who was actually a college student, but was at home cause she could go, they were bringing me baked goods wow. and bringing me things because they were just so grateful for like things that we had done as teachers for them. And you know, that was a, that's a really sweet thing. And, um, it's nice to be thought of that way and appreciated. Yeah. yeah. It's great to be part of a family, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it is, it's it is. nice. Quite, quite it is. Sure. It's quite lovely. I like my colleagues. So, well, Minton, I appreciate uh, you coming down and, and last minute getting our it, podcast last in. minute, but I, I felt like if I said no one more time, I wouldn't be invited again. The, the so. universe just aligned perfectly. The force. Yeah, the force came together. You were the droid I was looking for. Perfect. Well, thanks for joining me at Chatting in the Sea, and maybe we'll have you and Flanagan back for another episode. Oh, that could be good times. People can't handle that stuff. No. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome.